When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Eagles fans in the city of Philadelphia and all over the world. He's John McMullen, and I am your host, Tone DeShields II, in for a down-and-out Jody Mack. Now, look, you guys, Jody will be back. He's not <laughs> sleeping. He's not sleeping. He's so first comment we get every day is Jody up. Jody is tested COVID positive, so. We wish him well. We hope he gets better as quickly as possible. And obviously, we we joke about it sometimes here, telling Jody and I that uh, you know the NFL declared COVID over. It's not over. Uh, a lot of people uh, are are still getting it. Jody, unfortunately, tested positive, not feeling well, but he'll be back as as quickly as possible. Hopefully, he's listening. And and if he is, I'm um, I'm going to try not to rip Nicobe Dean and get Jody upset. <laughs> Right, and I'll try my hardest not to uh, take a crap in Jody's seat, right? I'm going to try to hold it down for you guys until Jody gets back. And, of course, we have a stack show for you guys. We have Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com coming in at 820, and we also have Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated Eagles Today coming in at 920. You know those guys always give us great content to discuss. But, you know, let's not waste any time, John. You know, there was something I was doing some research on last night, and I came across this article uh, via Bleacher Report written by an Alex Valentine. And as we all know, it's the season of the list. Everyone has their top five everything, top 10 anything, who's the most important, who's the best. There's so many people coming up with their own, their own list to pretty much keep everyone busy and satisfied throughout the season. But this one was very interesting to me. The topic was Eagles players who won't live up to the hype in 2022. Ooh. Now, Ooh. This is a quick way to get Eagles fans panning as much. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of ways you can go there. You know, it's it's about expectations, right? And 
the higher the expectations, the lower, um, the more opportunity for guys not to live up to them. I mean, it makes sense. If you don't expect something to out of somebody and they do something, they're surprised. It's great. You know, Miles Sanders is a guy, like I always say, I use him as an example of Eagles fans went nuts after his rookie season. And they're putting him up there with Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll. And now that you've seen, and Miles is a good player, not a great player, good good player. Now I think he's a little bit undervalued to the point where everybody kind of dismisses him. So that's kind of the big pendulum you have with expectations. So, But but I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, uh, where were you going with that uh, as far as Eagles not living up to the expectations? Right. So, you know, I'm always of the mindset of under promise and over deliver, because like you said, you can curb those expectations. Right. Yeah. But this writer, Alex Ballantyne, indicated three players that stuck out to me. And those three players were, as you said, Miles Sanders, Darius Slay, which was a bit of a surprise to me, and A.J. Brown. Now, we all understand with Miles Sanders, he's pretty much in a very unique situation. Well, maybe not so unique to the NFL, but unique for him, right? He's not necessarily in control of his destiny in any way. And you can make an argument, his destiny may be written regardless of how he performs. If he does too well, he's not going to get that contract. If he doesn't do well enough, he's definitely not getting the contract. And they may try to shortchange him. So there's so many different ways you can go about it. Then with Darius Slade, the, the writer took the angle of his age, you know, and the fact that, you know, he's a year older, but still give him credit for being that lofty veteran, um, having having savvy technique. He may not be a pro bowler again, but it all remains to be seen. And then A.J. Brown, it's quite obvious. A.J. Brown is not in control of his destiny in any way. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts is pretty much the, the locomotive of this offense, and we're going to have to see if he can actually get the team from point A to point B. Um, but those three names I mentioned, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have any uh, – do you have any counterpoints, anybody else that you may want to throw into that list? Because, like again, Eagles fans have a high expectation of this team this year. And if this team doesn't deliver with the way the roster is loaded, someone's going to have to pay. And, you know, your thoughts? Well, I think with Miles, I kind of said I, I'm, I, I don't agree with Miles because I don't think the expectations are there. Like, um, I think people have already readjusted with Miles Sanders to the point they've gone a little bit in the other direction. Now, everybody's different. I'm sure there's some people out there who think Miles is going to be a 1,250-yard back. I always use that de demarcation line because, especially when you're as old as me, Tone, you remember 1,250-yard backs. They basically don't exist anymore. There were two last season, Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb. That's it. So, you know, the game has changed. Obviously, it's a passing heavy game, passing heavy game, but also teams like to use, and Nick Sirianni is in this category as well. They'd like to use a, a committee approach because it's a position where if you give the football to running backs and look at Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry's a guy that would have been at 1250, but even him, as big, as strong, as powerful, he got hurt, right? That's what happens to running backs. We've seen it with Saquon Barkley up the turnpike. They get hurt if you if you give them 300 touches. So Miles has a history over the past couple of seasons of getting hurt anyway, missing four or five games here, here and there. 
Uh, he's not the type to carry the football 300 times anyway. So I think Miles Sanders is what he is. He's going to get you 850 yards. He's going to get you five yards of carry. The one sort of weird anomaly last season was he never got in the end zone. Um, that was strange. Yeah. Now, I think that'll change because he'll hit a couple home runs. For whatever reasons, the home runs went away. But, you know, he might. he's not going to be the third down back. He's not going to be the hurry up back. Kenny Gainwell's going to be that. Um, and, you know, we'll see about the goal line. Jordan Howard's not here. Miles Boston Scott seems to have a feel for it, but you really want a five foot six. You think that's going to continue? So that'll be interesting to see how the Eagles handle the goal line work. If Jordan Howard's not back by that time, which, you know, we'll, we'll see Or Kennedy Brooks, maybe is an undrafted rookie doesn't pop his head out of the hole. Uh, the, the, the rabbit hole, so to speak. Um, so I don't know about miles. Now the other two slay, I got to tell you, and I hope Slay's not listening because slay doesn't like it when he gets uh crit- great player. He also doesn't know. like it when you call him Darius either. Yeah. Oh, he hates it. Um, it, I don't know how he can have a year like he had last year. So from that perspective, he was so good last year. I think there's going to be sort of a regression to the mean. Still going to be a top-tier corner. But, I mean, he had the three touchdowns last year. I mean, that's that's kind of an anomaly. We talked about anomalies. You can't count on that consistency. He gave up less than 30 yards a, a, a game when he was traveling with, with top receivers. You know, you get one hit. Look at Jalen Ramsey in the playoffs. That's supposedly the best corner in the game, right? He got he got hit deep in in, in a couple games against Tampa Bay and in was it in the Super Bowl? Yes. Uh, he got he he got beat a couple times deep, and all of a sudden thirty goes to sixty. Bang! That's how quick it can happen. So maybe just from the expectation level, but at the end of the day, Slay's still going to be a great corner. So kind of like what you what's your definition of not living up to the expectations if you expect three touchdowns and you expect less than 30 yards a game you're probably going to be disappointed in 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 what happens this year because that's just the nature of the nfl and who was the third guy uh aj brown aj yeah yeah i i get the thought i get the thought process there because the quarterback is not a high-volume thrower. Um, I talk about this all the time. And the best examples I give are Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. You know the Vikings receivers and the Raiders receivers are going to put up numbers. You know it because they have high-volume throwers. Are they going to win games? You know, Justin Jefferson, Eagles fans know because of Jalen Rager. I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. But you also have to realize if Justin Jefferson was here – He's not here with Kirk Cousins, who throws for 4,000 yards every stinking single season, dating back to when he was in Washington. A bad year for him is like 3,900. Um, so that's part of the receiver. I always talk about receivers, guys who get the football tone. They are at the mercy of the vehicle that gets him the football. Now, the good thing about A.J. Brown, he comes from a situation which is basically the same in Tennessee, 
where it's run first with Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's probably a little bit better than Jalen Hurts when it comes to throwing the football, but he's not Derek Carr. He's not Kirk Cousins. Um, and he puts up 1,000-yard seasons. He's had two already. He would have had a third. He'd be three for three if not for injuries. So, again, what's your expectations? Do you want 1,500 yards like Justin Jefferson? You're probably going to be disappointed. If you're yeah. counting on 1,100, he'll, he'll probably get there. And, and, he's and healthy. That's, and, right, and, 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 that's, and, and that's my thing, right, because, you know, you have a guy in A.J. Brown who has all the talent in the world to get you those 1,300, 1,400-yard seasons, but let's be totally frank about – who the Philadelphia Eagles have been. Carson Wentz was our first 4,000-yard passer. Yeah. Donovan, McNabb, yeah. Donovan McNabb came close with about 3,916. But yeah. the Eagles, in my humble opinion, when you really think about it in hindsight, haven't really had a prolific passing attack. So we've – fans, we've created – we've weaved this narrative of, of expectations around this team, around these players, for good reason, because there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of home run hitters potentially on this team. And that brings me to some honorable mentions who I think had, they've been getting a lot of love this off season, you know, but there's still a chance that these guys can flame out. You know, one yeah. of these, one of, one of the guys that I've uh, thought about was Quez Watkins. And look, I'm a Quez Watkins fan. I love what he brought to the table last season. Quez Watkins was a home run hitter for us. You know, he was that utility guy, came in. You know, he saved a lot of drives for us. Let's be totally honest. He saved a lot of bad throws from Jalen Hurts. But I think it's a bit unfair or unrealistic to really crown Quez Watkins so early in his career, knowing that there's a chance that he can actually get less touches this year because of A.J. Brown, you know, because of Dallas Goddard, you know, you know beginning to come into his own as well. And also later on in the show, I want to talk about that article that you and Ed Kratz have been crafting about the top 25 guys. I know Dallas Goddard just you know, cracked your top five um, yeah. at number five. So, And by the way, he was number one for me. Kratz is the reason <laughs> he's so far down. <laughs> Kratz had him at, what, like number eight, number nine, something yeah, like something that? something like that, which is crazy. So we'll <laughs> yeah. rip him about that later. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, because I'm a huge Dallas Goddard fan. And, um, you know, again, we'll get into all that. But Quez Watkins, a guy who's been getting a lot of love, uh, Marcus Epps, the guy who's been getting a lot of love, and James Bradbury. And I know fans may not want to hear this, but there's a chance James, Brad James Bradbury had a down year last year. That's just a reality. Do I personally agree it was that bad? No, I don't think it was that bad. I just believe he was on a bad team, and he was left hanging a lot by his safeties. Um, and then Marcus Epps, a guy who has shown some flashes of impact, but again, we, have, we, haven't, we haven't seen him in a full stretch of a season. Um, how will he do when uh, – He's he, he's he's gotten beat. You know, will he recover? Does he have a short term memory? You know, there's things that we have to keep in mind in the, in the 17 game stretch. So out of those names I mentioned, Quest Watkins, Marcus Epps, James Bradbury. What are your thoughts on those guys potentially having breakout seasons, but also being at risk <clears> of, <throat> of a bust season as well? Well, I don't I don't I don't know if, if a guy like Bradbury can have a breakout season because he's been a Pro Bowl player in the past. So, you know, it's more like can he bounce back to being a Pro Bowl level player? You know, one of the positive things we had Pat Leonard on a couple, probably three, four weeks ago, who covers the Giants, does a great job for the Daily News up there, had mentioned uh, James um, he played hurt a lot of last season. And, you know, that to me 
is is a positive sign from the perspective of, well, maybe that's the reason you saw a little bit of a downtick from from James Bradbury. I think he's a good player, um, and 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 will continue to play like a good player. And he's he's a proven player. And and I think this this defense and you know having Slay playing opposite him will only help him because he doesn't have to deal with the number one receivers. Uh, he'll probably be in, and he'll probably get an opportunity to make a few more plays. Tone the other guys though, the younger players. Look, man, I woke up. I, I I think it was ten days ago or so, and somebody's trying to tell me Tyler Boyd isn't as good as Quez Watkins, the, <laughs> the third receiver on the Bengals, who's got two a thousand yard seasons. And oh like, my goodness, boy! I didn't think I was going to wake up to this nonsense. I mean. Quez has got a couple a, a couple problems, and one is AJ Brown is here now. So when we talked to Nick Sirianni last year, we would always say, "Look, game planning starts with six and eighty-eight, which is Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard." Um, turned out by the end of the season, it was really eighty-eight and six. It was really Goddard first because Jalen got really comfortable with him, and and then Devonte. This year, it's going to be they're going to start. With 11, then 6, then 88, um, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. You're, you're in the crumb category there. And again, we're not talking about we're not talking about 4,500-yard passing seasons. You mentioned this franchise as a whole had one. So <laughs> one, 4,000-yard. So I always bring this up with Jody. All right, Kirk Cousins, average quarterback, right? Probably right. I call him the demarcation line from being he's probably better than your quarterback, but he's not good enough to win with, right? This is Kirk Cousins since he took over as a starter in Washington. 4166, 4917-4293, 4298-4265, 4221. His only season under 4,000 yards is when the year Dalvin Cook went nuts and he was still over 3,600. That's Kirk Cousins. That, how many, I, I got to count up. How many? One, two, three, four, five, six out of seven seasons with over <laughs> 4,000 yards. I always say, I always say, if you if you stick Jalen Hurts' mentality on Kirk Cousins, you have maybe the perfect quarterback. Kirk Cousins, he he he, he, he can he can throw the pill, but crunch time, you know, big games, prime time, no, especially. Exactly. He, he that, what, what, what I'm trying to say is, there's a difference between high volume throwers and winning football games. Mm. Statistics are about high volume throwers, and to have big statistics. You need high volume throwers, and the Eagles don't have that, and they haven't had it for you know much of their history, to be honest. Uh, and again, they have one. This is a, a run of the mill, middle of the road quarterback who's got six by himself. So, if you're expecting thirteen hundred yards from AJ Brown, eleven hundred yards from Devontae Smith, eight hundred yards from Quez Watkins, you're going to be disappointed. That's all I'm saying. Yep. And unfortunately, like you said, having a guy like A.J. Brown there, Dallas God is going, is going to need to be fed. 
Uh, you brought in Zach Pascal, who knows how his, you know, what his usage usage would be in the long term. Devontae Smith, you still got your running backs that they're going to kick the ball to. Jalen Hurts may take off and run. Um, there are so many different nuances involved with this team that it's kind of hard to really give anyone a real true stat prediction because ultimately this this offense continues to evolve. But you know, you guys, we have our guest Jeff Kurt in the building. We have him coming up in the next segment. He's John McMullen. I'm Tony Shows the second. You guys are tuned into Verge 365. Wow, I'm in for Jody Mack, the man, the myth, the legend. Keep it locked, you guys. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good morning, good morning. You guys are tuning to Birds to 65. He's John McMullen, and I'm Tone DeShields the second filling in for a sick Jody Mac. Thank you guys for locking in on another episode. Make sure you guys smash that like button first and foremost. But as you guys can see, we're joined by a very, very special guest. 
the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Tone. Glad to see you in the host chair for Jody today. Hey, I'm doing yeah. my best. It, it, it's good to see you, Jeff, and and thanks for being malleable. Uh, our 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 you know exciting news, but I want to keep that under wraps uh, coming up for Jeff Carson. Jeff Carson, so stay tuned for that. But um, you were in the green room. Tone and I were kind of discussing um, um, expectations and players, and you know how it is. I mean, you you you're on social media, Jeff, a lot, and I I see you get into it occasionally with with some people and. Uh, I've learned over the years that it's probably not worth it. I do my best to stay out above the prey. Uh, but expectations are what they are. And sometimes they're unrealistic. Do you start, has the pendulum kind of shifted for you? Are things starting to get a little bit unrealistic after what's been, look, to be fair, a very, very good off season for Howie Roseman? So I'm just going to go from that, from an NFL perspective. In the last two weeks, I have heard these types of takes. Dak Prescott's not a good quarterback. Dak Prescott is overrated. <laughs> Lamar Jackson can't throw. Lamar Jackson's overrated. The Ravens can't win with Lamar Jackson. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, Joe Burrow's not any good. I've heard that one before. <laughs> Joe uh, Burrow. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. Oh, Patrick Mahomes isn't any good. Then you know the Chiefs are taking a big step downhill this year. There's no Tyree Kill. I, I'm trying to think of all the other ones I've heard over the last, like, but those have been the main ones. And we haven't even got to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles yet. It, it seems like that's more of a Philadelphia thing. Because nationally, a lot of people believe in Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And I just don't know if Jalen Hurts' doubters want to hear that right now. Tom? That's, that's, that's interesting you say that because it's really easy to get caught up in the, the vacuum of Philadelphia, right? You hear everything around the city. Everyone's putting the utmost pressure on Jalen Hurts for good reason, right? You know, Jalen Hurts is trying to be the franchise quarterback. But at the same time, he has flaws in his game. Uh, flaws that you can't really ignore. You know what? I I, I know you, I know you say the national attention of Jalen Hurts isn't as scrutinizing as the the local, right? But what is the national pulse on Jalen Hurts? What's the national view of Jalen Hurts? I think right now it's he's a I don't want to call him a rising star because that's not correct, but he's a quarterback on the rise. I I think that's a fair assessment of him. It's. The Eagles are going to be really good if Jalen Hurts takes his game to the next level. That seems to be the natural perspective here. And a lot of people that at least I have discussed over Jalen Hurts, it's he had a good year last year. Uh, they did a lot better than people thought. I I still think the Eagles are being slept on as a contender in the NFC. I think everybody's talking about Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles. They're the three, obviously. But then it's it's a wide open field. It's, can the Minnesota Vikings be good? What are the New Orleans Saints? Are the Dallas Cowboys overrated? Yes, they are. Um, they were overrated last year. Um, are the Arizona Cardinals going to be good? You know, are they going to fade in the second half? And it just seems like the Eagles are that team that I don't want to say anybody forgets about them, but it just kind of feels like a team like, at least from some people, it's like, okay, we feel they're going to win 10 games. They're going to be in the mix. It's just how good are they going to be? Well, let, let, let's be fair, Jeff. So you mentioned the three teams I think everybody thinks 
are at the top of the NFC. One, obviously, is the reigning Super Bowl champions, and you have that natural, it's very tough to repeat. Um, but you also have Green Bay, you have Tampa Bay and their history. And what's the difference between those three teams and the Eagles? I mean, we're talking about Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and then you have the Eagles, who have a good roster. But And I'll bring up our buddy Derek Gunn again, because he created a bit of a firestorm. And I think people got – and let me make this clear now that I've gone down this road. D. Gunn is above reproach as a reporter. The fact that everybody gets down in the weeds about the mechanics of a seven-on-seven drill, which I was trying to explain to people, that's not the point of this story. Somebody can get it wrong. They might not be paying attention. But you don't have 10 straight reps in seven-on-seven. You're not going to throw three interceptions in seven-on-seven. You're not taking sacks, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Okay. The point of it was the Eagles are not comfortable – with Jalen Hurts. Why would they be comfortable with Jalen Hurts, Jeff Carr? Why should they be comfortable with Jalen Hurts? They, I would be angry at this team if they were comfortable with Jalen Hurts. He can prove it, but he hasn't proven it yet. If they were comfortable with Jalen Hurts, they wouldn't have tried to trade for Russell Wilson. This exactly. Season. That's exactly. all I got to say about it. And look, I, I love Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts can be a really good player in this league. I think he is what people are calling him, a, a player on the rise. And I could see a Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. And is that the worst thing in the world? No, because yeah. at least you know you have a franchise quarterback. And I think that's what he ultimately can be. I don't think he'll ever be Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he'll ever be Justin Herbert. But if you can get a top 10 quarterback out of this guy with that roster, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. And, and that's my thing, right, um, Jeff? You know, you have people who are trying to jump out the window and say Jalen Hurts can be elite, he can be elite. But little do they realize elite is so far in between. There aren't many elite guys in this NFL. You know, once you start to name off guys like Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady, uh, uh, Joe Burrow and Herbert and – you know, uh, just, uh, jo- Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. You know, it, it, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. It, it, it gets a little, it gets a little dicey after that, right? And I feel that people need to, again, curb their expectations. That's that word again, expectations. Curb the expectations and accept the fact that Jalen doesn't need to be elite to be productive in this offense. He doesn't have to be the best quarterback. He doesn't have to be top five. If Jalen can somewhat broach that top 12, top 11 range and show that he can make consistent throws, I think he'll be in good shape. But, again, this Philadelphia Eagles team for the past 20 years or maybe in our history have yet to really come close to having a prolific passing offense. And that begs the question, will a top 12 or top 13 Jalen Hurts be enough for Harry Roseman to commit to him? We know he has two first-round picks in the, you know, in the gun – for next season. So what's your thoughts on that? See, that's what makes it tough. If he's a top 12 quarterback, if he has a good year, and I'll just be fancy guru here and say he throws for 3,700 yards, runs for 700, has a 65% completion rate. Is that good enough? And that's what I worry about. Is that good enough for Howie Rosen? Or does he 
go into the wish and say, you know what? I might have a shot at Bryce Young here. I might have a shot at C.J. Stroud. I might have a shot at a better quarterback, or, or in his mind, a franchise quarterback. Or can I flip Jalen Hurts and get a top draft pick? That's what upsets me. So I'm looking at it as, okay, what do you have to do to essentially – Prove Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback because you're always going to have his doubters. I see it all the time. People tell me on Twitter every single day, he can't make this throw, he can't make that throw. And I usually it's my response back. You guys know I can nitpick like you do and do this with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert every single day of the week. It's not this or this or this. You can't just dissect one play or highlights as McMullen calls them, you know, or low light. You know, you, you got to you got to evaluate the total package and if. If it's 3,700 yards, 65% completion rate, 700 uh, rushing yards, I can live with that. Oh, and by the way, the Eagles go 11 and 6 or 12 and 5. I can live with that as well, but can the front office? Right. And John, really quickly, like, and that's my question what is Harry Roseman exactly looking for from this quarterback position? Is it 3,700 yards, like you said? Is it 3,800? Is it, is it a consistent 4,000 yard passer? Uh, what what is that benchmark that he could potentially be comfortable with? And John, you can jump in on this because you know I'm I'm genuinely curious. I know we I know we all make a lot of uh, assumptions about what what's a prolific all passing offense and what that may look like in Philadelphia. But what exactly is Howard Roseman looking for? You know, have you have you guys heard anything behind the scenes? Well, I I could this this is the frustrating part. And people, there is no benchmark. There is no number. I, I will say, you know, if he throws for 4,000 yards, that's probably not a good thing. It's probably not a good thing. Interesting. Uh, um, that means you're throwing the football too much. That means you're probably behind. You know, I thought, and it was Chris Franklin, our buddy from NJ.com, he brought up a good point about the third receiver position. And we asked him, uh, Jeff, um, uh, you know, do you think Quez Watkins is going to play more or do you think Zach Pascoe is going to play more? And I think everybody defaults to, well, it's going to be Quez Watkins, right? He's more talented. He's the explosive guy. And Chris pointed out, it's counterintuitive. You probably don't want that. You probably want Zach Pascoe out there more because if Zach Pascoe's out there, what does that indicate? That indicates you're ahead in the fourth quarter. And you're trying to run the football and you're trying to run the four minute offense and you're trying to get to the finish line. Um, fantasy football is what it is, fantasy football. But I gave, you know, Kirk Cousins numbers, Derek Carr's numbers. The more you throw the football, it's it's not always a good sign. It's not always a no. good sign. Um, and for all the uh, prodigious numbers of Justin Jefferson, well, the Vikings haven't been that good. They're behind games. He's got opportunities to catch the football. Great receiver. I'm not trying to make tremendous receiver. But I think the assumption is that if you drop him in this offense, he's going to have the same numbers. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. And you don't want to. You might want him for your fantasy team. But the Eagles want to win games. So Howie Roseman, to get to your point, John, He's going to evaluate, can I win consistently with this particular quarterback? And that's intangible, and that's going to frustrate people. Jeff? Mm. And that's the other thing. Like, what defines intangible? Because we all think Kirk Cousins here is the top 15 quarterback in this league. 
But then you get Vikings fans that get upset because I'll point out his two and nine record on Monday night football, and they'll be like, "Well, he won his last two. I'm like, "Yeah, against the Bears." Like, that's <laughs> you know, let's put things in perspective. And you know, same with Dak Prescott. I, I think Dak Prescott's really good quarterback. But yeah. facts are the facts. He's never been to an NFC Championship game. I think he has a losing record in the playoffs, and his last playoff performance is not good. And I'm telling people, look, we're in year seven now with Dak Prescott. Is this who he is? Like, is is that what you want? Like, well, I don't want. But real quick, I just want to break in, Jeff, and I don't want to. But I'll, I'll, because Jody's not here. I'll tweak him a little bit, and I hope you're getting better, Jody. But Jody used to criticize the heck out of me for saying. Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. For years on the Lions, it was a bad team. It was a good quarterback on a bad team. Now, he got validated last year. He finally got on a good team. He wins the Super Bowl. He's validated, right? But, you know, if New Eagles safety, uh, Chikorsky Tart can just pick off an interception, he's not validated. That's how close it is. That's how close it is. But I can tell you, Matthew Stafford, and I've been telling people for years, is a damn good quarterback. Very. And that's the intangible part of it that is frustrating, I think, for people. I can't you know say that. Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those people. I don't, I, he's not Matthew Stafford, but he's, no. he's a lot better than people say he is. And I'm not saying he's going to win in, for another franchise like he did with San Francisco, but – if you're the 49ers, you better be damn sure Trey Lance is that much better than him because you've been to two NFC Championship games in the past three years, and I know Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played well in four quarters in these postseason games, but yeah. he's led the NFL in yards per 10. I'm not – I'm not I'm, – I'm going to be honest. I'm not with you with Jimmy G. And and the reason why, Jeff, is, that, is because of Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Anybody who knows this show, watches the show, I have tremendous respect for Kyle Shanahan. And, I think and that's one the risk the best... are taking. It's we can win with anybody under Kyle Shanahan, and, and that's fine. I agree but, with that. But let, let, let me push back a little bit, you guys. You know, I don't know how true that is. And this is me playing devil's advocate here. Let's be honest. When Jimmy G's in, Kyle Shanahan and San Fran, they win. When he's not there, they seem like they can't really figure out which which way is up, which way is down. All right, no counterpoint. Reason. When Nick Bosa's playing, they win. When Nick Bosa's uh, not Nick playing, Bosa's they don't win. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I probably go McMullen. I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. When I picked the MVP, I had to pick MVPs of every NFC team this year. I didn't do the easy way out of the quarterback. Nick Bosa was mine because when Nick Bosa Unbelievable gets sad, player. Unblockable. Yeah, the 49ers are like nine and one, I think, when Nick Bosa gets yeah. a sack. By the way, yeah. he's. I, I think he's better than his brother, honestly. He's oh, he is. He is. Oh, oh, he but is. Joey's pretty Joey. good too. Joey's yeah. pretty good too. It, it, it's funny, like, so with, when I did this, I think they're nine and one. When Bosa gets a sack. Bosa is already the 49ers postseason sack leader. He's only played like five or six postseason games. It's it's kind of insane to think about that. Like, if, if it's a postseason game, Nick Bosa is going to get a sack. Yeah, get, but getting back to Jimmy G, and that's kind of interesting because he's cleared to throw, and it's going to be interesting to see where he lands up. You go back to their first run to the Super Bowl. And by the way, they should have won that Super Bowl. They outplayed Kansas City. in that fourth quarter yeah. of that Super Bowl. Um, I, it, it was 
it was in the divisional round. I think he Jimmy threw an interception, Eric Kendricks, and and Kyle Shanahan just said, you know what? Screw this. We're just going to run the football. And they had the great running game, the unique running game with Debo Samuel involved, the great offensive line. And they had to play a certain way. So do you think that was the moment he realized that oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I can I'm, see it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to I can visualize round. two moments in my life watching football. One is Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl against the Chicago Bears. Remember that? Uh, the Bears, I think, took the opening kickoff uh, uh, back for a touchdown. And and the Colts got the football, and, and they were going down the field, and Peyton Manning tried to push it a little bit against uh, Lovey Smith's cover two. And they literally put the camera on him. He threw an interception, and he said, I got it. I got it. I know what I did wrong. And they were just going to play that cover too. And he just he just murdered it the rest of the game to the point that Brian Urlacher at the end of the game was was screaming at his own sidelines, like, we got to get more aggressive. We got to change things up. He just sliced and diced him. That was moment one. Moment two was Kyle Shanahan, that interception to Eric Kendricks. He said, you know what? This guy can't play. We're going to get to the Super Bowl in this specific way. And he did it. And he's been trying to replace him since. And I got to tell you, Jeff, and this is where I said, you go back to that Green Bay game with the upset the special teams won it for San Francisco. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Garoppolo G-G. was awful. Awful. <laughs> he awful. wasn't really good the entire playoff. I mean, no. to be honest. Like, and, again, like I, I just think he's better than what people give him credit for. I just hate the whole, you know – Mina Kimes take Jimmy Garoppolo is a terrible quarterback. Okay, well let's let's push the buttons a bit. He's not terrible, but he's a game manager. He's a he's yeah. he's an average quarterback. I will say this about Jalen Hurts, though, bringing it back to the Eagles. Um, people rightfully point out, and I say all the time that you know they wanted Russell Wilson, they wanted Deshaun Watson. Now I don't think the Eagles would have ever went to the contract Cleveland went to. So ultimately, I don't think even if he spoke to him, it would have mattered. Uh, But they wanted the player. They wanted that type of upgrade. But so people say, well, that's an insult to Jalen Hurts. No, it's not. They've also complimented him. They have no stinking interest in Jimmy G. They had they had no interest in Baker Mayfield. And you could I argue don't want those... them either, and I like them. I just don't want them as Eagles quarterback. Well, and they're more proven in theory than Jalen Hurts. So that's kind of a compliment uh, for saying, all right, we want to get better, but we only want to get better if we can get the, the home run. Like we don't exactly. want we don't want some guy who's a lateral move yeah. or maybe or marginally better. better. It's not yeah. it's not enough. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. no reason there's no reason that's to give really up as many good. assets if it require. Yeah. To be honest, that's when you get stuck with Sam Bradford when you go for players like that. Yeah. Which I think so, is a compliment to Jalen Hurts. So people miss that back end of it, in my opinion. By the way, yeah. this is my favorite thing. This is an insult to Jalen Hurts. Do you think Jalen Hurts really cares what? No. I know he does. I know. Yeah, it's exactly. It, I mean, he's going to AJ Brown speak for him now. So it doesn't matter what Jalen Hurts says or does anymore. No. And Jalen, because I, you know, people get on me for criticizing Jalen. Jalen and I have a pretty good relationship. Uh, and I think because he thinks I'm fair and I ask fair questions and I say fair things. But um, 
there are times you see him get frustrated. He'll shut down with the one word answers. Um, it, but as a whole, and I give, I give credit to Nick Saban with this because I hear the same thing about Mac Jones. I hear the same thing about Tua. He trains those guys well. And Jalen calls it rat poison. And rat poison can be bad. I think people assume it's criticism. But it can also be good, you know, and that goes back to our, you know, opening of the show tone. If guys are blowing smoke up your you-know-what and saying how great you are, that's rat poison too. And Jalen's really, really, really good about I, I still remember about when I asked Jalen Hurts. Yeah, when I asked Jalen Hurts last year about rat poison, he goes, you know what, just don't buy into the hype. Your way. And I'm like, okay, that's – to me, that I guess that's how he means by rat poison. So that's exactly what it is. But I'll tell you what: if if we're criticizing Jalen Hurts in Philly, you guys got to see the Tua takes down in Miami. It is wow. brutal. It's I, 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 man, I hope that kid has a good year because <laughs> Buffalo yeah, fans are Patriots fans. It's it's. I, I don't think there's. I don't think we've seen a quarterback under any more pressure. In the last 10 years, to attack Viola and the Miami Dolphins this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about it from this perspective, all three Alabama quarterbacks right now are kind of under a microscope. You know, yes, the New England Patriots, they made it to the playoffs with uh, Mac Jones, his first year of starting, first, you know, being, you know, being a rookie. That, that was pretty exciting. But you saw the glaring difference between a guy like him and a guy like Josh Allen. You saw yeah. you you saw that you saw the disparity in their talent and where they are in their careers. Obviously, Josh Allen has many more years under his belt, but Mac Jones he looked a bit shaken in that game. He looked he looked he looked more flawed than he looked all season, in my opinion. And then Tua, he's a guy who's Mister Dink and Dunk, the guy who's afraid to throw more than twenty yards down the field. Well, you got to get and, Jody upset. Jody's and, a big Tua guy. <laughs> hey, Jody, hey, get well hey, soon, my hey, man. <laughs> Tua was Tua was third in the NFL in completion rate over 20 yards last year. Beyond Justin Herbert. Hey, hey. by the way, I mean Jalen you know, Hurts was considered the most explosive quarterback, right? But, yeah. I mean, when you, when you, when you, I, I'm still trying to figure out that. that you know what? I think I'm the guy who found out the explosive plays stat because you make that up I'm like it's not made up. It's on the NFL yeah. website. Well, you can, you can, yeah, you you can twist things any way you want. That's part of the problem. You know, Joe Banner always said about advanced, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, advanced numbers, analytics. And the Eagles were always at the forefront. Joe was a part of that. But he said, you know, I don't I don't care about your numbers. Give me actionable information I can use. Get what's actionable. Like what what gives me an advantage? And that's what the Eagles have done so well and a bit ahead of the curve. But Real quick about Tua to button up that topic. You know, people talk about the Eagles being disrespectful of, of Jalen Hurts for picking up the phone and saying, hey, Russell, will, will you talk to us? Hey, Deshaun, will you talk to us? Think about Miami. They agreed to trade for Deshaun Watson if he could settle the civil suits. That deal was done uh, already. He knows that. They tried to get Tom Brady – they tried to give him part of the team. They're still trying to get Tom Brady in yeah. a sense. It's, that, 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 that's that, not over. Yeah, and 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 he knows that. And, you know, they're doing everything humanly possible. And now the news comes out that Sean Payton 
has identified Miami as one of the places he would go to next year when he comes back. And he's going to be the coach of the Dolphins, the Cowboys. I would say it's Dolphins or Cowboys. They threw the Chargers in there as well. Um, And I think it was a Miami Herald report. So if you're Tua and you're Mike McDaniel and you got Sean Payton looking over your shoulder, that's not a good, that's not a good situation. Can you imagine yeah, you know, Sean Payton and Justin Herbert together? Just think about that. Spooky. Oh, yeah. Spooky. Very much. But, you know, it's I, – I don't know why there's this thought process that organizations aren't supposed to not only look out for their best interests but also continuously look to upgrade. This is the NFL. Yeah. You know, this, is the, this is the NBA where a team will sit on a contract for years and not do anything about it. In the NFL, if they pay you, and you're not producing, they're, they're very much willing to off that contract and find somewhere for you to go. Hey, my, but, one of my favorite stories, uh, the, did you, have I ever told you, Jody knows it. I, I don't know if you've heard it, Tone. Jeff, I don't know if you've heard it. My Adrian Peterson story, when I was covering the Vikings, um, and they drafted Adrian Peterson. And I don't know if you guys remember Chester Taylor, but he was a pretty good back. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think I do. Yeah. And he was coming off a 1,200-yard season, and he had, you know, 50 catches out of the backfield. He was a a well-rounded back. He was a good player. And it was a bad team at the time, obviously. I think they picked Adrian at number seven. And uh, I asked one of the personnel guys at the time, I said, well, you you got a lot of holes. Why are you you taking a running back? You You got Chester Taylor. And he looked at me, and this was not an insult to Chester Taylor he thought he was a good player and he said f chester taylor um this guy's different <laughs> and i've since that day i've always called them fu players there's there's certain <laughs> fu players and you know jalen hurts i love you i love you i love you russell wilson fu player sorry dude you know if i can get russell wilson I, yeah doesn't mean i don't like you but, and I think Jalen can, and I think Jalen, someone who's who's considered to be one of the more rational, you know, quarterbacks in the NFL, I think he's someone who who would completely understand that transition. You know, Russell Wilson, a guy who's proven, who's who's won before. Um, but again, Russell Wilson is someone who hasn't won in quite some time. You know, that's a conversation for another day. But you know, Jeff, I wanted to I wanted to shift gears just a little bit um, before we get you out of here. Uh, we have about uh, I want to say about maybe ten more minutes with you, um, Miles Sanders. You know, again. Talking about expectations and, you know, me and John brought up a list, Eagles players who won't live up to the hype in 2022. Miles Sanders is one of those players on that list. And, you know, Miles Sanders is in, a very, is one, of, is in one of those situations where if he does too well, he may not get the contract. He, he may not get the contract he wants from Philly. He may get it somewhere else, but may not, may, may not, but may not be from Philly. If he doesn't do well enough, then he loses leverage. I personally believe he doesn't have too much leverage to begin with anyway. Um, but what's your thoughts on Miles Sanders' situation as it stands today, and how do you think Harry Roseman will approach it um, entering the 2022 season and as the season progresses? So I'm going to play the role of Miles Sanders' agent. I'm going to look up – there. there's a stat out there, yards per touch. When Miles Sanders has turned the NFL since 2019 in yards per touch, his rookie year. When he does get the ball, he's very explosive. And, but the problem is, I don't know if he doesn't get the ball enough. 
I don't know if it's because he's injury prone. I, I guess it's injury prone or the it's the Eagles committee approach. But it just feels like now you just don't give that much money to a running back. And I feel Miles Sanders is one of those guys that when he does get the ball, he's productive. And last year, everybody likes to mention he didn't score a touchdown last year. But I'll point out to you, well, he averaged five and a half yards a carry. And he averaged, yeah. it was around, I think it was around six yards per catch. So, I mean, maybe even higher than that. He's been a productive player when he gets the ball. It's just we have to determine can this guy handle two hundred touches a year? I believe he can. I th- I believe he's done that. It's do they feed him enough, or is this what he is? Just just another running back, or is he a special player? And that, that's right. what Eagles got. Think about. Right, and real quick, John. Sorry, and, and that's my thing. Right, it's with him. The talent is clearly there. You know, I was reading an article by um, Brendan Lee Gowan on Bleeding Green Nation, and he was indicating that um, Miles Sanders, excuse me, he's one of the more frustrating players to watch. Because he, you see the, you see the talent, but there's moments where he just has boneheaded moments, you know, behind behind the line of scrimmage. Maybe he picks the wrong hole, or maybe he gets quick dancing. Runs out of bounds in the four minute offense. Runs out of bounds in the four minute offense and gets benched. Yeah, you know who does that too? I got slammed pre-draft for this. I used to criticize Saquon Barkley for all that stuff. Oh, uh, he's a generational running back. I'm like, let me tell you something. Like 2017 Fiesta Ball, I'll tell you about the four minute offense of the Dumps. <laughs> So it's yeah. clearly a Penn State thing coming from a Penn Stater, but yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully my you're point is get, you're, you're going to get the Penn, the, the keywords expectations, right? The keywords yeah. expectations. Miles Sanders is someone who may need to curb his expectations as well, because if you want to stay in Philly, because again, no matter how talented he may be, if I only get that talent for half the season, why would I ever pay you the going rate for what you're providing me? I would much rather pay you a team friendly contract that I can get out of worst case scenario, but at the same time, it gives you some level of security. So, you know, John, you know, you can hop in on this part as well. You know, what do you think, you know, Miles Sanders expectations should uh, should be? Should he curb his expectations? How much leverage does he really have in negotiations? Well, here's, here's the, I don't know if he can believe that as a player, but I mean, there's a realistic and I've tried and I've talked about this a bunch on the show. I'm trying to figure out a path to where Miles Sanders can be here next year. And I don't see one outside of him getting hurt, right? And 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 not having a big season, and 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 people on the outside not wanting him. And the Eagles sort of do the Derek Barnett deal, like, all right, you, we'll bring you back at one year, four million, because if he finally has that twelve hundred fifty yard year, which he's not going to, they don't exist anymore in the NFL, pretty much. Um, he's going to get too much money. And if he, if he has the typical 800, 850 yard year, the Eagles are probably going to just want to, you know, turn it over and go with the cost effective route and the younger back with the less wear and tear and the less injury history. So, you know, I'm at the point where, Hey, if miles is go with the hot hand, and understand that if Miles is playing well, give him the football, he's not going to be here next year anyway. You don't have to worry about the wear and tear. It's a harsh way to look at things, but this is the NFL. We've seen it in the past. Guys on contract years, DeMarco Murray, maybe the biggest example in Dallas, run him into the ground and, hey, good luck. 
I'll tell you what's the toughest. It, this is what Miles Sanders reminds me of going into his contract year. Melvin Gordon with the Chargers. Completely different players, but Melvin Gordon scored a lot of touchdowns. Great in the red zone. He only averaged about 4.1, 4.2 yards per carry, and the Chargers had Austin Eckler. So they moved on, and Gordon's been a productive player in Denver, but he got like a two-year, $16 million deal. And if – would you bring Miles Sanders back on something like that? Like, is do you think that's yeah. feasible? I don't – well, yes, here's so the thing. Here's here, – the Eagles' offensive line is so good. We saw it last year. You know, Miles led the NFL in uh, yards per carry for running backs. He tied with Taylor and he tied with Chubb at 5.5. Only Jalen and Lamar Jackson had a higher rate uh, yards per carry. Um, so he was effective, but everybody was effective. And from the eye test, a lot of people thought the offense was more effective when he was out. And that's a problem because when Jordan Howard has success and Boston Scott has success, you know, I'm at the point where I think I could put Jeff Kerr behind this offensive line and get four and a half yards of carry. Uh, maybe um, one. Maybe one. Um, <laughs> and, and that's the way the Eagles are going to think. And they might even say, you know what? We got Kennedy Brooks. We can get four and a half yards per carry from Kennedy Brooks, and we don't have to pay him anything. I, I'll tell you I can't necessarily disagree with them. Yeah, I'll tell you what's going to be the biggest key to Miles Sanders, where he comes back or not. How much Kenny Gainwell progresses in year two? If Kenny Gainwell can be that guy that he can average, yeah, I don't think game. he's a. That's and, and I'll leave it here, Jeff Kerr at Jeff Kerr CBS CBS Sports. Reach up there does a tremendous job. Um, I don't think Kenny Gainwell's a bell cow back. A a, a and well, I'm not talking easy. Jonathan Taylor or or Derrick Henry. I mean. A true RB1. I think he's a great third down, potential great third down back. Hurry up back. Why mess with that? That's what he is. That's that's he what is. he is. He's not the same type of player, but he kind of reminds me of a Corral Buckholder in a sense. Like, you put him in and he's going to make a play. That's what I kind of think of him as. Not, not the same type of player, obviously, but the same. Like, he comes at, like you said, John, third down. You give him the ball, he's going to get a first down for you. And yeah. that's what I like about the kid. I, I I think he's got a bright future in the NFL just on that merit. Um, by the way, so my big radio week will probably be next week anyway with um, quarterback. My quarterback coach duo list comes out tomorrow, the top 10. Boy, does that generate controversy every single year. How do you leave Tom Brady off? Well, I have a rule. <laughs> he has a new head coach, so yeah. I can't rank him. So, I, I, yeah, people you ask can already. That. I you can already start twenty twenty three, and go with Sean Payton, Tom Brady. How's that in Miami? <laughs> it won't count because they, 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 but oh, yeah, I knew. Yeah, all right. Twenty twenty four. They'll keep playing. Twenty twenty four. Last year, I I still get right going a bit by Rams fan. They, they get it because they know the rules. They actually read. But they're like, how did you leave Stafford and McVay out last year? I'm like, hey, I put specifically on there. I would rank Stafford and McVay, but I haven't seen Stafford throw a pass under McVay yet. But I said, I expect really good things. And <laughs> I you're think expecting, Jeff, you're things. expecting a lot if you're expecting people to read. You're expecting a lot. Oh, they man, absolutely. Fans do read. <laughs> no, they absolutely. do. And I love hey, them. And read hey, at jacobsports.com, by the way. Read it. Definitely, definitely. Make sure you guys check out jacobsports.com. 
Hey Jeff, I have uh, I have one final question for you. And then we're gonna get you out of here, man. Again, we appreciate you for coming on. Let's have a little fun with this final one. What's your over under? What's you taking an over under on Miles Sanders? A thousand yards, a thousand and a half over under. Under, I'll go under. Yeah. Um, I, go I, under. I think we've seen three yeah. years. I gotta go under. Gotta go. Gotta under. go yeah. under. But is and the only Eagles running back ever to have seven fifty plus his first three years in the league? The only one yeah. we've had. Great running backs here. I will say this. I I will say this. If Miles is out there for 17 games, he will be over a thousand yards. Can he stay healthy? That's it. That's, if that's he's 50 yards a game, 55 yards a game. If he can't do yeah. that, then you know this we, we have well, you know, if Miles played uh I think I did the numbers, Jeff. If he played 17 games last season, he would have finished sixth in the league in rushing. Would everybody have been happy with that? I think so. Yeah. I, I was going to say this. Miles well. Sanders scores a touchdown this year. We, I'm going to go think, over. I'm going to yeah, go I'll over. Go over <laughs> I actually oh, think man. Miles is going to get 1,500 yards from scrimmage this year if he's healthy. I, I, think, I, I think that's very doable. I don't think he's going to get an opportunny to catch the ball. I think yeah. he, that's Kenny Gaines. He's lost that privilege. That's yeah, Kenny I think, I, 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 yeah. the frustrating part of his game. He should be yeah. better at catching the ball. What he, like, I'm, I blame James Franklin and a lot of people at Penn State for that one. But again, uh, he's just not good. He's not. He's not good at it. Um, you know, his, his biggest problem is not the hands, although Deuce Staley, you know, I think it's more the route running personally. Yeah, it's the route. It's a, he's not. He, it's not only the route running as an outlet receiver, and this used to frustrate uh, Doug and Deuce. Uh, he's not where he's supposed to be. And you can't, you know this, Jeff, you can't rule number one, you can't fool the quarterback. You got to be where you're supposed to be. And too often he's not where he's supposed to be as an outlet receiver. And Kenny Gainwell is always where he's supposed to be. You know the big Carson Wentz interception to Sloan, um, what's the guy's name on Cleveland, the linebacker? I always forget his last name. Um, Taki Taki? Taki Taki. I think yeah. Miles was out of position on that one, too. Yeah, but he was. If I went back and looked, I mean, Carson made a terrible, terrible decision. But I, if I had to make a bet, I, Miles was probably out of position on that. But I still went Wentz for that more than him. Well, remember, a lot of times with quarterbacks as well, when you're going to your back, you're not even looking. You're like, you're like in other words, if you're Tom Brady, I'm looking at, you know, Mike Evans or Gronk or Chris Godwin. And then bang, I'm I'm dumping it off to the back. A lot of times those guys have that's where he is. I know that's where my back is. That's what I'm saying. You can't fool the quarterback. They know where the running back, the outlet receiver is supposed to be. And it's kind of a field thing a bunch of times. You can't fool the quarterback. But by yeah, the way, before you can't. before I sign off, I gotta stick up for gun here. So everybody wants to get on him for that report, you know, who First of all, he's just—he's just telling what somebody told him. Exactly, it, it, and people didn't see the whole quote. But this is why I don't take practice anything seriously, from positive or negative. I could nothing drives me more insane than training camp stats. It's practice. It's yeah. practice. Guess what? Jeff Kershaw two seventy nine practicing bowling last night. I did not <laughs> shoot that in the game because I was working on yeah. stuff. Oh, by the way, I've also shot 120s in practice working on stuff. It's, well, if, se- if seven – Any local sports knows things. Yeah, if seven on sevens meant anything, Sam Bradford would be in the Hall of Fame. 
Well, Sam Bradford would be the best quarterback in the National Football League. He'd probably still be quarterback of the Eagles because he had the greatest preseason performance I've ever seen out. Oh, yeah. That one, yeah. Definitely. Hey, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on to the show last minute. You have been a treat, my man. We appreciate your contributions. Again, make sure you guys go check out Jeff Kerr on CBS.com. He does an amazing job for that platform. And also, he pinch hits for Jacob Sports quite often. So, Jeff, and stay tuned for exciting news next week. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I was say for exciting news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of big news yeah. coming next week. Yeah. Listen, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be a big year for all of us, you guys. But Jeff, we appreciate you so much, my man. You take care and enjoy the rest of your staycation. All right. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, all Jeff. Right, Jeff. Take care. Oh man, you guys, that was Jeff Kerr, CBSSports.com. Make sure you guys go check him out. Hey, you know, John, it's. A lot of good points were brought up at the end of the day. You know, Miles, he he's not really in the most optimal situation. And Miles also is going to be a victim of being a rotational back with Kenny Gainwell, Boston yes. Scott, in various, various situations. So that over-under of him of him getting, you know, over 1,000 yards, I, I would probably take the under with you as well. Well, the only reason I take the under is because Miles hasn't proven he could stay healthy. If he's and that, healthy, and that's my thing as well. If he's healthy, two year, he he's a thousand yard back every season. If he's healthy, yeah. If he's healthy, he's going to be at eleven hundred yards, uh, something like that. That's where he would have been last year at at about eleven hundred yards. Um, you know, not twelve fifty, but those guys don't exist anymore. Nick Chubb, um, really, if you go back three years, you have Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook. That's it. Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, that's it. He was five guys, you know, five and, guys. And, and, I, and I think Christian McCaffrey shot his little, but you guys, uh, we have Ed cracks coming on the show in about the next 15 to 20 minutes. So make sure you guys keep it locked on birds, three sixty five. smash that like button. Make sure you guys subscribe. If you're new to Jacob sports and also make sure you guys share the content as well. He's John McMullen. I'm told the show's the second in for the sick Jody Mac. You guys are locked in on birds, three sixty five. Stay tuned. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. He's John McMullen, and I am Tone DeShields II, and for Jody Mack. And so far, so good, John. How you feeling? So far, so good. How about you, Tone, in the in the hosting chair? Is it exciting for you? Is it everything you, know, you thought it would be? <laughs> you know, it's it's uh it's pretty uh it's pretty surreal, if I'm being honest, because I've been a fan of this show for a long time, right? And then you know, reaching out, you know, shooting my shot with Jacob Sports and. All of a sudden, now I'm behind the scenes getting things done, you know, working with guys like you, and you guys have been more than welcoming. And like you said, my first time in the host seat, you know, long term, you know, for a full program, man, it's pretty exciting. I'm, 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 I'm definitely not going to hold back my, you know, my, uh, my excitement at all. I'm not going to hold it back. I'm ecstatic. All right, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, yeah. I don't want to disappoint you. So. <laughs> no, you can never do that, John. Never. But. You know, what, another thing that didn't disappoint me about you was your articles as of late. You know, you've been writing your uh, your training camp previews, right? And one article that stood out to me was your most recent one, and that was the offensive line, but in particular, the tackles, right? Now, that's a very interesting conversation to me because you have a guy in Andre Dillard who most likely won't be here next year because yeah. of the value he has, and he's going to command – He's going to test his value. He's not going to. He's not going to waste his time, you know, being behind Jeremy Lotto, you know, for another season. He knows he's a first round pick. He knows he's dedicated himself to his body and improving. Um, but you know, another side of the conversation is you have guys who are aging, like Elaine Johnson, who's thirty two, and you know, even including some of the interior guys, Jason Kelsey. You know, this offensive line, they are aging. But I think the Philadelphia Eagles are doing a pretty good job at weaving in the youth while still maintaining the veteran leadership and slowly but surely phasing out old guys and, you know, having, you know, cross training young guys. Right. But I feel like something that doesn't get talked about enough, just as the offensive line is beginning to age. So was our, so, so was our offensive line coach, Jeff Stotland. Now look, he's not a dinosaur at all, but he isn't getting any younger. Have you heard anything through the grapevine about a potential succession plan? From Jeff Stalin? Uh, no, not. I mean, there was, you know, from a health standpoint, there was a concern. He had to go to the hospital at one, I think it was the, the Giants uh, game. Uh, and there was, uh, you know, a little bit of concern, but turned out to be uh, just, 
uh, a little bit of a scary situation, but Jeff ended up being fine. I think before the season, um, if you remember, Tone, there was a, a report from a very respected college uh, reporter that Jeff was going to go back to Alabama and um, where he had coached under Nick Saban. And to be honest, that's probably where he would have gone, you know, um, if the Eagles didn't talk him into returning. Because remember, you know, Doug Peterson got fired and not in the best way, uh, to be honest. And Jeff was very loyal to Doug and vice versa. So they had to convince him to come back. Um, and they were able to do so. And now I think everything is sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, peachy keen again, so to speak. And he likes Nick and everybody who meets Nick tends to like him. Um, so you don't have any issues from that standpoint, but you know, how are you going to replace Jeff Stoutland? One of the things, this is one of the best offensive uh, assistants in the league. Forget about, you know, offensive line coach, any positional coach, running backs, receivers, tight ends, whatever you want to throw out there. I'd even throw coordinators in there. Right, and, and, and not to cut you off, but I think the, what makes Jeff Stoutland so, so great like you said, he's not just one of the best offensive line coaches. He's one of the best assistants. And that's I think he, that's because he's had some of the most clear-cut examples or some of the most clear-cut, um, I guess you'll say, he has, he has the most proven record of developing guys. Like, yeah. like, like there, there's no – I can't think of any offensive line coach in the NFL that has a track record like him when it comes to developing guys and preparing guys for all situations. Yeah, what am I, one of the things, you know, Roy Isband is a name of a lot of fans probably don't know, is the assistant offensive line coach uh, under Jeff Stoutland. And obviously he's gotten to learn uh, under, you know, what we just said, one of the best uh, offensive line coaches in the league, one of the best assistant coaches in the league. I'm surprised the Eagles have been able to keep him. Because if I'm one of these other teams that can't figure out how to develop offensive linemen, and there's a lot of them, like why don't you go get uh, Jeff Stoutland's assistant? Um, you know, that's been a little bit of a surprise for me, to be honest, that the Eagles have been able to keep Roy. So, you know, right now he's the guy who would replace Jeff Stoutland, but you can't replace Jeff Stoutland. You can't. I mean, there's certain things – um, and you saw it really with, with the Eagles when they won Super Bowl 52. That's what happens with success, right? You, you win, you lose Frank Wright, you lose John DiPolippo. It's not the same. You do your best. You, you just can't make copies. Um, you go back to Andy Reid, his, uh, his first Eagles coaching staff. I, I, I mean, I, I think people forget uh, just how many – you know, John Harbaugh, Ron Rivera, Leslie Frazier, on and on and on, on his first staff. Quite a list. It's quite a and, list. Yeah. And when you start to lose guys, right, it doesn't um, – it's not as good. I mean, it's just common sense. Um, and that's one of the things with this coaching staff as a whole I've kind of been talking about. It's very rare – that you're able to 
keep together an entire coaching staff because guys either get fired, they get hired, they get promotions. The Eagles have been able to keep it together um, for two consecutive, this will be the second consecutive year. And this is it, Tone. I mean, they're either going to live up to expectations and guys like Gannon uh, or Steichen are going to leave to get other jobs or they're going to fail to live up to expectations and guys are going to be fired, to be honest. Uh, and, And guys are going to be used as scapegoats. But here's that 99 staff. I was trying to bring it up as I was talking. So you have Sean McDermott, Brad Childress, David Culley, Pat Shermer, uh, uh, Ron Rivera, Leslie Frazier, Steve Spagnola, John Harbaugh. And that's not even bringing up Jim Johnson, who never wanted to be a head coach at that, but at that point. Or Rod Dauhauer, who was the offensive coordinator, was a head coach before, um, before he came with Andy. I mean, that's one of the great coaching steps of all time. Mm. And that that and that Andy Reid coaching tree is immaculate. <laughs> you know, hardball. It's Mr. unbelievable. It, it's, it is it's, unbelievable. It, it's crazy to believe that those guys were once in this room. And, you know, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Who would have thought those guys would be who they are today, right? But, you know, I brought up Andre Dillard earlier, and I want to get this topic out of the way before we get Ed Kratz in here. He's going to be here very soon, you guys, in our 920 slot. You know, Andre Dillard, you know, what's his market? Because if you ask me, I think this, this is how it's going to play out. I believe that the Eagles are going to hold on to him for as long as they can, and they're going to wait for one of these teams to become desperate at the offensive line. You know, injuries happen, and then they're going to hold on to him for as long as they can, and then they're going to leverage him. Because I highly doubt the way Harry Rosen moves, his history, he's not going to lose that young man for for nothing. What's your thoughts? Um, Yeah, I think, I think two things. I think you know, early in the season, the Eagles um, think they're going to be a contender. So I think they value them as a potential backup. Um, but this will go all the way to the trade deadline. Uh, because it, it, and that's usually about Halloween time. I think it's early November this year. Um, you know, the Eagles should know, are we contenders? Where are we? You know, he might be playing by then. We don't know about injuries. Um, that's part of it as well. We talked about Lane Johnson. We talked about the age, um, reconstructive ankle surgery, um, anxiety issues. A lot of people don't realize Jordan Mailata, very young player, but he's had he's six foot eight. He's three hundred and eighty pounds. He's had back problems. You know, that that's probably not going away. Um, you know, so there's at times, and he missed a couple games last season. So I think Howie Roseman values um, the depth. It's a good player. He doesn't want to give him away. If somebody loses a left tackle in, in training camp and they offer, you know, pie in the sky, day two pick, second round pick, I think he'd trade him. Otherwise, he's going to hold on to him as long as possible. And he might have to make a decision November 1st because even if you talk about a guy leaving in free agency, um, when people talk about comp picks, well, that means you have to lose more free agents than you sign. So number one, in other words, you're not getting a comp pick just because you lose a free agent. And because the salary cap is coming up, I don't think the Eagles are going to consider themselves in a position 
to where they're worried about comp picks comp picks because they're going to want to bring players in because they're going to have room to do it. Um, and there's a lot of things play into this. Jalen Hurts. Are they going to extend Jalen Hurts? Then maybe they're not in a position. So that's way down the line. But unless he gets something of value for Andre Dillard, he's not going to move him until November 1st, November 2nd, whatever the trade deadline is. Mm. You heard the man. He's John McMullen. I'm Tone DeShields the second in for Jody Mac. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Subscribe if you're new to Jacob Sports. And also make sure you guys check out jacobsports.com. We have a lot of content on there. Yours truly, John McMullen, is killing it right now with his articles, giving you guys a full in-depth behind-the-scenes look at the Philadelphia Eagles. We have Ed Kratz coming up next on Birds 365. Keep it locked. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to ready, go to look. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Furries 365. I'm Tony the second. He's John McMullen. And I am in for the sick Jody Mac. Make sure you guys continue to smash that like button. We are here by the one and only Ed Cracks from Sports Illustrated. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Tom, John, good to see you guys. Ed Kratz, good to see you, buddy. SI.com Eagles today. Follow Ed on Twitter at Kratz E. Where should we start today, Ed? Uh, we'll, we'll probably do our top 25 uh, best Eagles players over at Sports Illustrated that you and I have been putting together. And I got a bone to pick with you at number five because <laughs> that was my number one player. Mm-hmm. And he only fell at number five because of the disrespect that Ed Kratz showed Dallas Goddard. Come on. How do you have <laughs> Dallas Goddard so far down that line? Yeah, you got you, you to explain that one to me. Ed. I, I got to be honest. Well, at least it's not N'Kobe Dean that we're talking about. I mean, that was the, uh, big convo <laughs> no last Jody week. today. So. Yeah, no Jody. So now I got to deal with the Dallas Goddard uh, disrespect but no hey look i think uh, like top five that's not a bad spot to be that's if you're not Dennis a bad Goddard. spot I'm no, obviously I'm I, yeah i just you know i mean he's going to be a big part of the offense obviously um you know 830 yards receiving last year i mean he he could everybody talks about brown or smith going over a thousand yards i mean goddard could be you know one of those players that goes over a thousand yards this year and if he is i will have him ranked higher than where i had him in my poll i know you ranked him first john and um I have no problem with that. I just think that there's another player out there that has not been revealed who belongs in that top spot. Um, now, there's a lot of good players on this. There's it's, a lot of guys that are in the conversation. And that's part of the positive as we get closer and closer to training camp um, is the fact that this roster looks pretty good, pretty deep. And, you know, I say from two to 53 – you know, this looks like one of the best rosters in the NFL. The difference between the Eagles and the other contenders in the NFC, Los Angeles, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, quarterback. Uh, uh, is this a, a championship-level roster mm. if Jalen Hurts carries his water as a, you know, say top 15 quarterback in this league? Yeah, I think the potential is there to be a championship, at least a division championship team, whether or not they can push to the playoffs or, you know, through the playoffs and win a game or two there. Um, I'm not sure. I Listen, I, I think it depends on how they all come together. There are some new players on this team. I know it's the second year for Nick Sirianni and, and uh, Jonathan Gannon on the defensive side, um, but you know, they only had what five OTA practices. I know they were scheduled for six, but they canceled the last one and went bowling or some kind of bonding thing, <laughs> shot free throws or had the rock, paper, scissors tournament. I'm not, I'm not sure, but they only had five and they didn't practice yeah. real long. And it was only seven on sevens. And, um, you know, it, we're going to see more of that in training camp too. I don't think they're going to, you know, do a whole lot of uh, hitting, um, so it's going to be dependent on how they come together. I think if they're going to be a championship team, they have to get these pieces playing together, uh, and, and in sync, um, you know, remember 2011, I hate to say the dream team, but that never happened for that, that group of guys. So this is a good roster. In fact, I was looking through some potential camp battles as sort of a preview leading into camp. And I, you know, there's nothing really for the starting 
jobs to battle, right? I mean, it's all going to be backup spots is where the battles are going to are going to lie. Maybe you could say right guard is a battle to start between Siamalu and Driscoll. I think Siamalu is going to be the starter there. But, you know, when you look at a roster that's that deep where you're not, there's no battles to be the starter, but only battles to be the backups. I mean, that's a pretty good roster right there. Well, let's talk about those battles before you jump in town. Um, right guard. I think you're right. I, you know, one concern about, you know, when we talked to Isaac in the spring, he he mentioned he was out there in OTAs and he would, but remember it was all seven and on seven as you mentioned it. Uh, so there's no teamwork. Obviously, there's no hitting. You're not allowed to hit. Right. But he mentioned he was not cleared. He's not fully cleared, and he might not be fully cleared for day one of training camp. So there's a little bit of opportunity for Jack Driscoll, who, as we know, is a Nick Sirianni favorite. So that position. I want to get your thoughts on, but also the third receiver spot, which essentially is a starting spot, you know, depending if you go 11, 12 personnel. And I think it was our buddy Chris Franklin who brought this up. So I thought it was a great point. I want to run it by you. Everyone just kind of defaults to Quez Watkins. It might be counterintuitive, but it might be better for the Eagles if Zach Pascal's playing more, because if he's playing more, that means they're ahead late in games and they're trying to run the football to close the game out. In other words, you know, if Quez is out, out there, you're trying to throw the football, you're probably behind, you're trying to catch up. I thought it was an interesting point Chris made. So those two particular positions, right guard and third wide receiver. Yeah, I think you have to be careful not to become too predictable. You know, when defenses see – uh, Pascal on the field, they're going to say, okay, let's look for the run here because he's the blocking guy. And if Quez is on the field, hey, they're going to throw because he's the he's the pass-catching guy. So, you know, Sirianni's not going to let that happen. Where, you know, we saw last year with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, he was really, you know, he wasn't on the field much other than the block. So, you know, they didn't want to become too predictable with him. Uh, and they had to show some passing looks. But, uh, you know, I think Pascal and, and Watkins, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the – you know, the lion's share of the reps there because they are both uh, the battling for that third spot. And I just think that, you know, the history with Sirianni and Pascal um, is going to let Pascal play. I think they're going to probably end up splitting reps. And I think that they're going to throw it when both are on the field and they're going to run it when both are on the field. Um, you know, that's, that's just the way I think it's going to be. And, you know, getting back to your, your question about uh, Driscoll and Siamalu, and it was interesting to hear Isaac say he had a second surgery to remove some hardware in February that was put in to deal with the Lisfranc surgery he had in the fall. But is Driscoll going to be healthy? You know, we haven't talked to him uh, yeah. this, this OT. I mean, he two years in a row, he's been in the league. He's ended his season on IR. He's not exactly a bastion of good health either. So is he going to be healthy? when camp starts. And if those two guys are down, who's going to be your right guard? Suo Peta, uh, Josh Stills, who I like a lot from West Virginia, or maybe it's Sills. Um, maybe he's the guy. Uh, but, you know, if one of those guys better be healthy, uh, you know, once camp gets underway and starts rolling along, because I don't know what's after those two guys. Yeah. Uh, I harken back to you. Uh to you and John's top 25 list. And again, number five, Dallas Goddard. 
I'm completely satisfied with that spot, right? But I want to take it a step further. You know, Dallas Goddard is someone who, from the very beginning, we knew he had talent, but he was always playing behind Zach Ertz, you know, for the majority of his career, the first two years of his career, and part of his, and part of his, well, yeah, most of his career. And this past season, it wasn't until about maybe week six, week seven, where he started to get number one targets. Uh, I think Zach Ertz was traded after that Tampa Bay game. Uh, so it begs the question, what if, what if God was the number one from the very beginning? You know, he ended the season with about 830, 840 yards by, by being the number one after week seven. Most of his yards came from week seven and beyond. But what's, what's this, what's this young man's ceiling truly? How great can he be? Because if you really try to hit his pace at the rate he was putting up yards at his production, was amazing for a guy who only started getting first team reps after week six, week seven. So you guys have him ranked in your top five. And John, you can answer this as well. What's what do you guys believe his ceiling is and what's his floor? And and, and, and what comparisons could you could, could you guys make across the league? I would say with Goddard that, you know, he, he had those two games last year, back-to-back over 100-yard games. I think it was against the Jets and then the Commanders. Um, he went for 105 and then 135. But then we saw other games where he was, you know, two catches for 23 yards or three for 38. So, you know, I would like to see a little more consistency in, in you know, the targets that they give him. Now, of course, it's not going to work out that way. I know every week is – based on the game plan and who you're playing. But I, I would like to see him at least get five, six targets every game, uh, you know, maybe seven, get him in that range. But, you know, you have other mouths to feed in this offense, so it's going to be difficult for him to get, you know, yeah. 10 That's targets the problem. in the game. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be tough for him. And real quick, just to add in for you, John, you know, just you know, just to add more context, I know a lot of people are excited about the Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown chemistry. I'm more excited about – how Dallas Goddard can benefit from having a guy like Adrian Brown around. And I'm more excited to see that Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts chemistry, you know, um, be taken to another level because I, I firmly believe Dallas Goddard has the talent to be the focal point of this, uh, uh, of this passing attack. Yeah. It's I, interesting. That's what I was going to bring up. And Ed knows this as well. Uh, and I can say it, but behind the scenes and then Nick said it in front of the camera. So I can say it now, he would always say, um, the offense, the game planning starts with uh, uh, six and 88, which was Devontae Smith and, and Dallas Goddard in the passing game um, last year, once Zach Ertz left and, and it became, um, as you mentioned, sort of Dallas Goddard's job alone. And I think as the season wore on, it, it became clear that Jalen was more comfortable with Dallas Goddard um, and it became sort of 88 and six. But now AJ's the problem is AJ's number one now. You know, AJ, it's going to start with AJ. And I think they're going to start the season. It's going to be AJ. It's going to be Devontae. Then it's going to be Dallas. Now, maybe that changes. But, you know, AJ Brown's presence might make things a little bit more difficult when it comes to the targets for Dallas Goddard. Doesn't mean he's not going to be as good as a player. The Eagles have just gotten better. And I think, you know, there's a guy who used to work for the Eagles on Twitter, Ed knows, it, 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 and everybody should follow him. He's at the Honest NFL. Um, tremendous uh, follow on Twitter. 
he put up something from Sports Info Solutions, which our buddy Matt Maticharian is also on the show. Dallas Goddard, this is what unbelievable to me, was atop the entire NFL when it came to blocking efficiency. Better than every single offensive lineman, never mind tight ends. Now, he doesn't block as much. Offensive linemen, that's their job. Um, Dallas only does it on occasion. Can you you explain that stat as far as blocking efficiency for those who may not understand? Well, it's just, you know, one of the advanced snaps. So, basically, they, they look at, you know, they look at the film. Uh, and and they grade what you're supposed to do on a particular play uh, from the efficiency standpoint. Number one in the entire league was Dallas Goddard. Number two was Creed Humphrey from the Chiefs, which is pretty unbelievable um, as a rookie. But it just blew me away. It just blew me away, and that's why I look at, at Dallas Goddard as a pure football player, and you were saying, what's his ceiling? Well, there's George Kittle. There's Mark Andrews, there's Dallas Goddard at tight ends in the NFL, in my perspective. Now, Travis Kelsey, great receiver, tremendous receiver, but he can't block like those guys. Um, He's just a great player, but tight ends aren't as valuable as obviously quarterbacks, wide receivers, different positions, offensive tackles. But man, as a pure football player, and that's where I went with our list, Ed's and I, uh, uh, list. He's phenomenal. Phenomenal player, and I think people, if anything, he's a little bit underrated. Here, here's something on Goddard, too, in terms of the odds makers. Their bet online uh, released some odds yesterday, and uh, Dallas Goddard, they have him for 700 and a half receiving yards, the over-under line for that, uh, and then five touchdowns. Now, you know, 830 he went for last year, but again, like John said, A.J. Brown's your number one you know, I think Goddard's going to drop down and, you know, maybe, you know, into that third part of that offense. But we don't know on a week-to-week basis how they are going to attack defenses. So he could have a larger role one week and maybe not so great, the, you know, the following week because of the way the defenses are lining up. Um, but the one thing that I think with Goddard, you know, Jalen Hurts, one thing, one question about him is throwing the ball over the middle. Yeah. You know, he seems to Pretty hesitate. Bad doing that and I think that's where Goddard's going to have to make his living uh, this year is over the middle uh, against the linebacker matched up against the linebacker or, or even a safety uh, because defenses are going to have to concern themselves with guarding the perimeter with Brown and Smith and they're going to have to watch out for the slot with Watkins or Pasco or Rager whoever you're talking about there but Jalen Hurts has to prove that he can be consistent throwing that ball over the middle and I'm glad you brought that up. Let's stay here for a second. Sorry to cut you off. I like where you're going with this because we talked about Dallas Goddard and Hertz's chemistry, that trust building as the season went. You know, as the season progressed, Goddard became the guy, right? And Goddard made his living all over the field, outside the numbers, inside the numbers. And that and Hertz threw plenty, threw plenty of balls at him that weren't the greatest, but he had trust that Goddard would get it done. One ball in particular that I can think of is the Washington game. I think it was a third down. Hurts just threw it in the air. It was, it was a it was it was a it was a prayer, and Goddard somehow brought it down and, and was able to sustain sustain the drive. Now I bring it up to say, how much will trust be a factor in terms of Jalen Hurts improving his efficiency 
in the middle of the, in, in the middle of the field between the numbers because again we know that he we know the numbers indicate most of his throws happen outside the numbers i, I believe yeah. over oh, over 70 percent of his throws were outside of the numbers something like that i'm not entirely sure right but how much will trust play a factor in jalen hurts increasing his efficiency or just his uh his amount of uh reps being thrown to the middle of the field and can can and can that trust between him and Dallas Goddard um make him a little bit more um willing to make those throws. Yeah, I I think his trust with Goddard is fine. Maybe it has to do more with trusting himself and trusting yes. his I was just and, about to say that it he's got to trust, trust himself. Right. And trust what he sees. You know, yeah. again, you know, Sirianni's talked about this is the the, the longer you play in an offense the more you're able to see what a defense is doing to you. Um, and so I think he has to trust really, I'm sure he trusts his athletic ability and his arm strength, but I think he has to trust what he's seeing to be able to make that throw over the middle. He doesn't want to throw it over the middle to Goddard and, you know, not see a safety pinching down in a double team fashion uh, and then throwing an interception. So I think Hertz has to trust himself and what he's seeing in order to take advantage of Goddard uh, who should be open on many plays uh, this season over the middle. Great follically challenged minds <laughs> think alike. Exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Ed Kratz, you are a brilliant, brilliant man. Absolutely. You Absolutely. can't have two better targets in the middle of the field than A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. Two just big, massive targets. And, you know, Jalen Hart's passing charts to date Today should be sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, they're ridiculous. Hole in the middle. Yeah. Big giant hole in the middle. Um, it's got to change. And he's got to trust himself because if 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 these if that were Tom Brady with those two guys, my God. Um, you can't have better targets in the middle of the field. He's got to trust himself. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up A.J. Brown over the middle. I mean, that that's a good point, because I, I think we all talk about Brown on the outside, but he can play in the slot. Oh, too. yeah. And we'll, you know, hopefully we'll see motion. I mean, we saw games last year where Sirianni didn't do any motioning with his offensive pieces. I mean, I think you got to move guys pre-snap, move them around the line. And I think we'll see Brown play some slot and then we'll see Watkins on the outside or Pascal on the outside. Um, but I, I think that's going to be one of the exciting parts of this offense is because you, you have so much flexibility now and you have to take advantage of it if you're Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen, who's the one going to be calling the plays. Yeah. Uh, that coaching staff, you know, you bring up Shane and the and the play calling. You know, it's it's rare in the modern NFL, Ed, that you you bring back your entire coaching staff completely intact uh, mm -hmm. for a second consecutive season. And from my perspective, I've been thinking about this with the expectations. It's not coming back uh, the same next year because one of two things is going to happen. The Eagles are going to live up to expectations and Gannon or, or Steichen or some of these other coaches, Brian Johnson, Kevin Petullo are going to get promotions outside of the organization. Jonathan Gannon almost did already. Um, on the other hand, if they don't live up to expectations, Jeffrey Lurie is going to come looking for Mike Rowe and Carson Walsh. He's going to want a scapegoat. And it won't be back together from that perspective. 
Eagles have to take advantage of this continuity, this small window of continuity with this coaching staff? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a great point. I mean, yeah, it's rare when you see an entire staff come back intact year to year. And you're right. If the Eagles don't live up to expectations, there'll be some, you know, some heads will roll, so to speak. And if they do, then these guys are going to get promoted probably outside the organization. But they have to take advantage of that. And I'll take it even one step further as you have a quarterback who's still on a rookie contract. You know, you're not blowing up your salary cap to pay a quarterback. Um, and this is when we saw the Eagles win their Super Bowl was when they were paying yeah. Carson Wentz the rookie scale. And, you know, I know he got them to the number one seed, Wentz did, and then Foles took it from there. But I think, you know, you have Jalen Hurts here still on his rookie deal and everybody talking about him, you know, getting this big extension if he lives up to expectations and then he'll make 30 million, 35 million a year somewhere in that neighborhood. So, you have to take advantage of that too with a quarterback playing on still a rookie deal. Um, because once the quarterback starts consuming, you know, 15% of your salary cap, then you really have some harder decisions to make. So let's see him take advantage of that as well. The quarterback rookie pay and the coaching staff intact for a second straight year, two things they do need to take advantage of. Hey, Ed, while you're here, I had to pick your brain since we brought up the coaching staff, right? Shane Steichen, and the office coordinator. I want to shift gears to the defense side of the ball for a little bit while we still have you. Jonathan Gannon, his defense has to force turnovers. And let's be totally honest, the Eagles historically, the past few years, the past handful of years, have not been one of the better teams when it, when it comes to forcing turnovers. The best year we've had in quite some time was the 2017 year, and that was when we went to the Super Bowl. So yeah. clearly – wins or turnovers translate into wins. I believe there's a stat out there where it says the Eagles went two and five when we didn't force when we didn't when we didn't force any takeaways and we were seven and four when we did. So the numbers clearly indicate that when we force turnovers, when we force the defense into mistakes, we have a better chance of winning. On top of that, you begin to flip the field. How important will field position be for Jalen Hurts and his development and progression as a quarterback and also proving that he can be the guy in the future. Because let's be honest, I'm unsure if Hurts is at a point in his career where he can regularly sustain 80-yard drives. Right. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are in terms of Jonathan Gannon's defense forcing takeaways and how that can translate to Jalen Hurts' production. Well, yeah, obviously the shorter the field you have to, to you know score touchdowns, the better you are. It's hard to go 75, 80 yards consistently over 12 plays with, without making a, a mistake somewhere along the line. So, yeah, there's two parts to that. It's the turnover aspect. And, uh, you know, I think the Eagles were kind of at zero in that giveaway takeaway department they, last year. They, they didn't yeah. give more away or take more away. I would like to see them be on the, on, on the you know, the, the positive side of that and have more takeaways than giveaways, obviously. And I think some of the things they did with his defense leads you to believe that, yeah, that could happen. Adding a James Bradbury at the other corner. Now uh, being able to pressure a quarterback again, this is all on paper. It looks great on paper. They have to go out and prove it, but yeah, if you can force fumbles with sacks or punch a ball out from a running back uh, or intercept the pass and flip the field. That's huge, but that's the first part of it, the takeaways. And then the second part is your uh, return game. Uh, you know, your, your your punting game and your punt return game. You have to be able to punt the ball and pin a team deep. We'll see if Aaron Sippus can do that. Struggled late last year in the second half of the season. 
And then who's going to return kicks for this team? Who's going to give them the best chance to, you know, pick up 10 yards field position on a return um, or field the ball instead of having it bounce and, you know, gain another 20 yards. Uh, you know, I don't think Jalen Rager is consistent enough to do that. I, so we're going to see that's, a, that's when we talked about camp battles to start the show, that's, a, that's an area to watch is who's going to emerge as the punt returner for this team. Can anybody do better than Jalen Rager and, you know, flip that field, help flip the field a little bit. The defense can do it with turnovers, very important, but I think the special teams needs to do it as well. Uh, it's becoming, we're getting closer and closer to training camp, Ed, so it's becoming clearer and clearer that Jalen Rager's still going to be here. Mm -hmm. um, Andre Gillard as well. Uh, those two guys, uh, and add in anybody else you want as well, maybe even Isaac Samalo. By the time training camp is over, by the time it's September 11th in Detroit, Jalen Rager, Andre Dillard, are they still going to be here? Is anybody else in that conversation to be potentially moved as well? Well, here's the thing. The Eagles don't have to make a trade now. Remember, you know, coming out of the draft, we're thinking, okay, they don't have a safety. They don't have a cornerback to play opposite Darius Slay. They need to trade somebody, and we all thought, okay, Dillard, Rager, maybe Ciamalu, these guys make the most sense. But they since signed James Bradbury uh, on May 18th, I think it was. Jaquaski Tart, the safety, came on June 20th. And now all of a sudden, where where do you need help? Uh, I don't see it. I don't see the hole in the roster where you need to move one of these guys to bring somebody in. Now, that could change if something catastrophic happens injury-wise during camp. Uh, and a hole were to open up, then maybe you can be more aggressive in trying to trade these guys. But I, unless somebody's going to give you a conditional, I don't know, second round pick for Dillard or third round pick or something good for Rager, I don't see them going anywhere. I think they're going to be here uh, to start the year. I don't think either one of them will be cut. Uh, now, maybe Howie changes his mind and decides to give them away because someone like a Britton Covey who's trying to win a job as an undrafted free agent at receiver uh, rises up and looks so good. They're like, we can't cut him and keep Rager. So maybe they try to trade Rager for a sixth round pick. You know, they cut bait and move on. But that's the only way I see it happening. If some undrafted free agent rises up like a, a tackle, like a, a Coyote Owasika, who you want to put in the lineup somewhere, second year with the team now as an undrafted free agent. I mean, then maybe that forces Howie into thinking, you know what, we can't afford to keep a Dillard or a Rager at the expense of letting one of these young guys go. So I need to do something and I'll take the best offer out there. That's the only way I see it happening. But as far as a need, they don't, I don't think they need to trade anybody with this roster. He's Ed Kratz from sportsillustrator.com Eagles today. Ed, this is my final question. And then I'll pass it over to John. Uh, and let's make it a little fun. What's more likely to happen? Jalen Rager catching three touchdowns or Marcus, or Marcus Epps catching three interceptions? Oh, man, I think Epps is going to be the X factor this year. I really do. I think I think he's going to be pretty good uh, and surprise some people. Now, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic guy, and I probably would have said Rager. I probably would have said Rager last year catching three <laughs> touchdowns. But man, I, I just don't see that this year. Um, but I can see Epps having three interceptions. I, I really could. I, I like Marcus Epps maybe more than some people do, and I know the body of work isn't there, but 
But I'm on board with Epps, and I'm, I'm kind of off the, the Jalen Rager ship right now. Last year, like I said, I would have said, yeah, three touchdowns for Rager. He's going to do it. But I, I would say Epps, three interceptions, not in a game, but – of course, of course, the, 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 whole, the whole season, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. All right. Read at si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Uh, check out our top 25 list. We will be at number four uh, today. I got to get on that after the show. Um, and uh, the final three will be coming up in the ensuing days. So I'll do an either or. What What is more likely to happen, Ed Kratz? The Eagles putting up the link to apply for training camp credentials for <laughs> the Eagles winning Super Bowl 50. What are we at? I don't even know what we're at. Which one's more likely? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the credentials. I mean, sooner or later, <laughs> we have to figure that out, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'll go credentials. I mean, but listen, they, nobody thought the Eagles were going to win a Super Bowl in 2017, and they did. That's true. That's um, true. So I know some, I didn't. <laughs> I, I certainly didn't either. So, you know, those things can sneak up on you. Um, yeah. But I think the Eagles have a good roster. I think if they stay healthy and get some things to go their way, uh, they can make a push for uh, a Super Bowl bid um, um but we'll see again let's see how this team comes together and in training camp and in the preseason and uh and then coming out of the gate very important can't start two and five you, yeah. you come out hot and everybody says oh it's a soft schedule i don't think the vikings are a soft game in the open the, the home season on a monday night no it's going to be interesting those first four games because the eagles are going to be favorite most yeah. likely in all four and if they get off to say a two and to start it could get pretty ugly around here pretty quickly yeah but again i you know detroit second year of dan campbell and here we go down the schedule path here i don't want to get sidetracked but i think it's not as easy and as foregone as people think i think this is going to be a challenging start for this team especially given the fact that they were two and five last year don't seem to value a whole lot of practice time no. yeah, uh, good point good point and you have some new guys at key positions so uh you know it's going to be interesting to see how they start this year He's Ed Kratz from SportsIllustrated.com. Eagles Today makes you guys go lock in on Ed's Kratz pieces. Those guys do an amazing job over at Sports Illustrated. Make sure you guys keep it locked on the top 25. I think number four is coming out today by way of John McMullen. Ed, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I appreciate you for making my job that much easier. Grateful Thanks to you, so man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ed. Oh, uh, man, John, great, great, great show thus far. You guys. Make sure you guys keep it locked. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys are also subscribe to Jacob Sports and also check out John McMullen's pieces on jacobsports.com. As my man Jody Mac always says, keep it locked. We're going to put a ball on the show. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to ready, go to look. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back to your dose of Burns 365. He is John McMullen. I am Tony DeShields II, and for Jordy Mack. And super grateful to John for making today so smooth for you guys. And grateful to guys like Jeffrey Kerr from CBSSports.com. Grateful to Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated. Those guys were always, always destined to do great things on this program like they always do. And uh, John, man, again, so far so good. It's been a great show, and I'm uh, and I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, Tone, stepping in the uh, chair late. Uh, obviously, Jody getting uh, sick under the weather, testing positive for COVID. We hope he's getting better. Show Definitely. number three eighteen, though, uh, of first three sixty five. I checked that off. Uh, your first one uh, in right. the hosting uh, chair. <laughs> Did a great job. I appreciate it. Jody, I hope I made you proud, my man. I hope I didn't uh hope I didn't uh you know make, make the seat a little too you know make the seat a little bit too big for you to fill next time you come back. Yeah, you're Wally, you're Wally Pippen, Jody Mack. You're Wally Pippen. That's an old school reference. Do you get that um, reference? Um I might have to do my research on that one. Yeah. What research Wally Pip? Wally Pip, gotcha. Yeah. Wally Pip, Wally Pip. While I still have you, we have about we have a couple minutes left for the show. I have a I have a, qu- a couple questions for you really quickly. First, at what moment in that 2017-2018 season, what was the moment that you realized, oh, wow, this Eagles team may be for real? Carolina game. Carolina game. You know what? That was the exact game for me, too. I tell people all the time, that was the game that told me, oh, this team is legit. On the road, Thursday night football, it it, it was a nail-biter, but they got it done, and they they were more than competitive. It seemed like... Carolina was trying to keep up with them versus yeah. the other way around. Well, I think the key to the season was Jake Elliott's 61-yard field goal. But I, I think when 
and a lot of reporters who were covering the Eagles at the time, we we saw that Carolina game and were like, oh, this team's good. You know, we we didn't see it to that point. We said this team's better than we expected. Uh, after that game, we said this team this team's good. This team's legit. And one of the things I, I argue people yell at me for is the underdog theme that everybody uh, um, uh, embraced. And obviously the mask and Lane Johnson, this team wasn't an underdog. This team only became an underdog when Carson Wentz got hurt. If Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt, they're heavily favored over Atlanta, heavily favored over Minnesota. Um, now they're probably not favored in the Super Bowl because the England. Eagles the first number one seed to be considered underdogs in every single game yeah. playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And again, it 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 was because of a a, a strange situation. But I think right. the mentality was people didn't respect the Eagles. No, everybody knew the Eagles were good. They just thought, oh, they lost their quarterback, so, so they're cooked. But everybody knew they were a good team. Everybody knew they would have been favored over Atlanta and Minnesota. Uh, again, New England's a little bit different because of their history. They probably wouldn't have been favored there. But, yeah, kind of, you know. But as long as the players and coaches embrace it, it worked for them, it, it doesn't matter. But that Carolina game was, you know, maybe this version of the Eagles will have that type of game. Who knows? I'm glad you brought that up. And this is my final question before we close out the show. Which games on the schedule for you are the litmus test games? Which game on the schedule for you is could be the pseudo Carolina game? What, what game are you looking forward to to let you know how serious this Philadelphia Eagles team is? Well, I mean, it kind of depends how the early season goes. Are, are they 4 0? You know, coming out of that first four, they're going to be favored in all four of those games. I, I suppose there's a slight chance if they lose in Detroit. Um, maybe they're not favored against Minnesota or Washington. There's a slight chance, but very unlikely. If they come out of that, come out of that four and you're going to say, "Well, you know, they're good, but they beat a bunch of bad teams." Um, can they beat Arizona? Can they beat Dallas? Probably Arizona early in the season because it's on the road. If they really dominate that game. Um, and then the Cowboys are the Cowboys. And look, the late season game on December 24th in Dallas, in Arlington, actually, I'm a stickler. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's a tough spot because that is Christmas Eve, obviously, but also the third of three straight road games. Um, and, they're going to have a tough time winning that one, you know, barring injuries if everybody's relatively healthy. So they have to beat Dallas. I think week six, I think, I think it's yeah. week six. It's, I don't have to say something, like something like something. that. Yeah. Um, they got to win that game. Have to. Agreed. Agreed. You know, and I know what you guys look, regardless of how, how it goes down, get excited about your Philadelphia Eagles. You guys get excited. Yes. There are some unknowns with Jalen hurts. There are some unknowns about the defense, Jonathan Gannon. You know, there's so many things that we're completely unsure about. Most of this, you guys, we're guessing. We're making educated guesses based off our experience, based off of trends, based off history. But Eagles fans, do not fret. Get excited. You guys have John McMullen. You guys have Jody McDonald. And you guys have me behind the scenes pulling the strings for Birdies 365. 
Hey, John, you're going to be here tomorrow, right? I'm going to be here. Jody might be here. Tone, you're going to be here, right? Most definitely. Either I'm pulling the strings from behind the scenes or, listen, I'm in the host seat with my man, John McMullen, holding it down for Jody Mack while he gets better. Because, listen, a sick Jody Mack, trust me, you guys, you guys don't know. He would be here right now, but he's physically unable. He would be here. He would be here with one leg, one arm. He will. He will get it done. So shout out to the man, Jody Mack. Get well soon. And I'm going to do my best, Jody Mack impression. John, I'll see you in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.